Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. It's good to have you back, honey. I had to do this solo last week and it was not any fun. Well, it was kind of fun. I mean... <laughs> You have a lot of fun without me. You gotta admit it. That no, I never have a lot of fun without you. We've been we've been going on separate tracks a little the last couple of weeks, and I don't like it. Well, I know it's it's really a different situation, but this I don't was, like to go to sleep alone, and I don't like to wake up alone. Well, this was a once in a lifetime, I hope, experience <laughs> for me. Because did you tell them I was at the fair last week? Oh, yes. I told okay. them the whole story. Wait, oh. you haven't listened to the podcast? No, I didn't. You? I don't even well, know what you gosh. said. You better tune in. I haven't had time, but maybe you haven't either. You don't know what we're talking about. But anyway, it has been a great summer, but we can kind of feel it, you know. Oh, we can see waning. fall coming in. We, especially up at the oh, lake, you see August 14th, you start feeling uh, the fall coming in. So, but Linda, let's 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 just reveal right out of the shoot the subject matter. Well, the topic. Well, the title of today's podcast. Um, I think we're going to call it "What the Heck Is Joy School." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people who don't know about Joy School probably do wonder what the heck is Joy School because. Joy school? Yeah. When we first thought of that, how many years ago is that now? <laughs> oh, we don't even want to. Oh, for those of you who are new to us or to listening, you would have no idea what joy school is, but actually it's gone farther than we ever could have imagined in our wildest dreams. And we started this when we were baby parents. We were baby parents <laughs> baby of parents. two babies. Um, oh, we were baby parents, parents of babies, yeah. baby parents. We were parent babies. We were baby, <laughs> baby parents. Parent. But anyway, we were beginners. they get it. This is the begin, the beginning of our life with children. We decided uh, we had an interesting experience, actually. Wait, before you tell that story, how about, I, I, I was just thinking, how about we circle in, come through the back door on this a little bit? Okay. Like, I, like, I just wanted to say a little before you tell the story about social emotional learning, because we have a couple of sons who work every day in the education field, and they're all over the world, not just here in the States, but everywhere they go, they tell us that the, the, the there's a growing sort of flourishing realization that what education is really about is social emotional learning as opposed to pure academic mental learning and that that the 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 enlightened educators of any age group anywhere in the world are constantly talking about until a person until a child has some social and emotional skills their learning, their mental learning is severely hampered and, yes. and, and limited. They've finally come around to that. I mean, we've been talking academics, academics, academics all these years. And suddenly this social emotional learning has taken at least the, our world, the United States, by storm. 
Um, we're not sure about Europe, but it is really interesting to see that they have come around thinking until my, a child is emotionally and socially stable, it's hard for them to learn. And until they until they're excited about the social and emotional aspects of being with other children and so on, they're not able to really fully use their mental capacities in in learning academics. And so this is common knowledge now, but but I, I wanted to say that as a lead in to the story you're about to tell, because well, I think you're going to talk about when we were living in Washington, D.C., right? Right. McLean, um, Virginia, actually. Yeah, but before I tell that story, I have to say that um, not every child is a social child. I mean, it's not that we're saying every child has to be socially outgoing and so on. We have an introvert in our children. No, no. But and But it is just important for them to feel secure with the people that they're with. And to be comfortable with who they are. And of course, we spend a lifetime trying to achieve that, but children need to reach a certain level of that kind of social-emotional, I'm not even going to say confidence, because that puts you in the mind of an extroverted child. Right, so right, on, yeah. But has to feel at least comfortable with interacting with others and with, right. you know, do, having certain social and emotional skills. Okay, so we are living in um, Virginia, in McLean, Virginia, a suburb of Washington, D.C. You were being a political consultant at that time. And we were had just two little kids. And um, at the time we brought our first baby home from the hospital, we remembered a flyer that was on our door, which basically said, if you don't get your child into our preschool right away, get her on the wait list. This is a baby coming home from the hospital. This is such a popular school. If you don't get her on the wait list right now, by the time she's three, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll never, saying it. She'll, she won't be the leader in her class in kindergarten and she, she will never go to harvard she, will she ultimately it'll mean she won't get into harvard <laughs> <laughs> so um, i mean it was just this really suburban washington in that era was so completely oriented to early academics and and there were i mean that wasn't the only flyer we'd get right every day in the mail I'd hate to see what it would have been if there had been email in those days. Oh, computers. my goodness. Yes, we'd, been, we'd flooded. been flooded. But every day it was like, you know, we have the best. We guarantee your child will read when they're two and a half. And well, then no, they'll no, be able no, to not, do square roots no, when no, they're no, four. Not that much. I mean, but it that's was what basically it felt like. over the top. That's what it felt like. I mean, these academics are so important for your child's success. You so, want them to be ahead of every other kid. You want them to be. That's where your child will get the confidence that they know how to do stuff academically that other kids don't know. It was the whole thrust. Right. And so, you know, when we, we still didn't get it quite. We just kind of thought, oh, yeah, we better do something about this. And then as it turned out, when she went, this is Sarah and our oldest daughter, she went to a preschool when she was three years old. Oh, what was that called? Uh, uh, that little preschool. I, I don't know. But anyway, It'll um, come to it was lovely. But she had to walk up these long flight of stairs all by herself. And the, her parents were not allowed when she was three. And then um, 
at the, we went to parent teacher conference and she's, we, she said, well, the teacher said, you know, your daughter is really standing by the side and watching all the time. She's not really in. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. Cause that's she not was she running was the at house. Home. <laughs> she was running the house at home. And so I, uh, I said, well, what, you know, what, why do you think she said, well, maybe because there's 19 boys in her. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been so a I factor. Guess, I guess. Some, what the, was the name of that school? The Blue Bunny Preschool no, no, or something? No, no. What was it? Some funny name. Peter Piper's. Peter Piper's. No, that I don't was know. it. I don't the know. Peter Piper's school. Anyway, we don't want to say anything bad about Peter Piper's school because we don't <laughs> know if it's there or not. Exists. But this just was our first experience with the preschool, um, which you've heard it up about. But we started thinking, wait, these children don't need to learn to read. Some naturally will read because they are gifted. I mean, they, they just have a gift for reading or for math or whatever. We've found that as we've raised our children. But what they need to do is to feel secure socially and emotionally. And they need to realize that they're special little souls and that they they can do things, you know. And I think that was a real, really interesting wake-up call to us. Well, and here's where it came to a head, and we've told this story a little bit on on the podcast before, but we actually had a meeting with a lot of our friends who were all in the same boat we were in. We all had one or two little children. We were all parents of preschoolers, and we were good friends. We knew each other, and we, we, we had them. I still remember sitting in our living room what do we want for our preschoolers? If we if we can, sometimes it's easier to know what's wrong or what you don't want than to know what you do want. And, and we just all felt like this oppressive, early academic, pushy, learn to read when you're two, learn get ahead of all the other kids academically. It just seemed wrong. It just not wrong. It just didn't seem like the thing that was most important and, and we in that particular even what what do we want to give our children and someone i don't even remember who but someone brought up a scripture that that is really intriguing it's a scripture that says adam fell that men might be meaning men and women of course. yeah adam fell that we might become mortal and men are that they might have joy. People exist. In other words, our interpretation of that scripture is we, we, we believe we lived before we came to this earth. There was a pre-mortal life. There was something before coming here. And that we became mortal for that intriguing, but not easy to understand reason. Men became mortal. Men are that they might have joy. And, and we we started talking as a group, what what does that mean? And if that really is the purpose of mortality, shouldn't we be focused on teaching our children joy, whatever that is? And isn't that what they should be tuned into when they're preschoolers, when, when they're young? Isn't and, and, that the focal point? And don't they deserve a childhood. Yeah, yeah. A childhood that is full of fun and happiness and carefree because, you know, that just doesn't last forever. And right. that's the time when they need they to, play, learn to, to play. feel the joy of the earth and where they live and and of spontaneous delight. And what we realized as we worked through this, we actually came up with a curriculum that was so fun because we wanted our kids 
we wanted to experience spontaneous delight with our children, <laughs> not just teach them that math right. and reading all the time. And we wanted to feel the joy of just being alive, of being on the earth, of the joy of their body and the joy of all the gorgeous things that are around them. I mean, we as got caught up in that, Linda. That's, that's so interesting to remember. We we started, we we actually asked, the, this was after this meeting, and realizing we, we were given confidence by the fact that so many of our friends felt the same way we did. What we're really trying to do is not to make our kids smart or make our kids good or make our kids leaders or any of the rest. I mean, that's all good stuff. But what we really want to make them is happy. And the only right. way they'll really be happy. And so we, we found ourselves in this process of saying, okay, let's use joy as the, the key word. Can we break that down? What does that mean? What are What are the joys that a child could learn? The joy of spontaneous delight, the joy of imagination and creativity, all, all these joys that they inherently have and that we should be learning from them. Right. And instead, we try to beat it out of them by putting them in this regimented school with, you know, there's one answer Academics, and you've all yeah. got to come to it and so on. And and then we started expanding, well, you know, what are the joys they don't have naturally that we could expose them to at a very young age. The joy of setting a simple goal and accomplishing it. The joy of sharing with another child. You know, the joy of nature. The joy of the earth. Of order. The joy of their body. Their body. All those things. Anyway, the more we thought about it, the more excited we got about actually creating a curriculum. And luckily... We'll, we'll tell more of the story in the second half, but you had a mother who majored in early childhood education. And, and who was she brilliant. loved children, and she was brilliant at coming up with stories and games and so on to teach these children what they really need. And so... That, as I think back on it, Linda, that was a pretty audacious, that was a little presumptuous. We we thought, you know, we are going to create, and this is before anyone used the term social emotional learning. We'd oh, never yeah. heard it. Yeah. But we we just we just sensed an alternative to pushy academics for preschoolers. It's almost and we did have one friend I remember who was European who said, you know, in a lot of Europe, kids don't even start school till they're seven or eight because the the philosophy is they deserve a childhood. They deserve yeah. to learn to play. Just the opposite, the polar opposite of pushy early academics. And so we just kind of found ourselves as, as the months passed really involved in trying to create different kinds of joy and to ask ourselves can they be put on a on such a basic level that that little children two three four year olds can experience them up to five yeah yeah and it really was a magnificent exercise for us but we had this wonderful resource of your mother who had actually been trained um in that group and actually well, she comes into the story really powerfully a little later Yes, she did. That's right. But we'll, we'll talk more about that in the, in the second half, because we we had once we established this is what we want to do. People came out of the woodwork oh, boy. saying, yeah. I will do art. I will do I, I'll send some stories. I'll do some music. Do music. I'll, I'll do, do this. Yeah. And it just was meant to be. It was really an amazing experience. So 
It was an idea whose time had come. Right. All right, let's take a brief break and then we'll go on with the story of what the heck is Joy School? <laughs> and be back in just a moment. Hang on. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. And we're going to help you discover what the heck is Joe School. <laughs> so you, we're, we're to the point now where we are committed. I think initially we were committed to trying to teach our own kids these principles of joy, right? Right. And again, we had we ended up with five types of joy that we thought that the goal was to preserve them in children. They have it. And we just don't, we don't want to knock it out of them by saying, come on, grow up. Don't, you know, don't have spontaneous delight. Don't use your imagination so much. Don't, you know, just wander around wondering about things because that, that's not, that's not being grown up. And it just, it was so funny to us to think, why are we telling a three-year-old to grow up? Why do parents, <laughs> why are parents so anxious that their little kids who have this wonderful kind of joy suddenly become adults burdened with adult things. Right. And so there were five of those. And then there were, there were 10 that we felt, you know, kids are capable of experiencing in an elementary form, this type of joy, whether it's the joy of having your things in order or the joy of setting a simple goal or a, the joy of sharing a toy or the joy of, you know, looking at nature and really understanding it or the joy of appreciating your body. Or a spontaneous delight, bubbles, whatever it takes to delight a child. And I think we as parents learned from those little children as we did those kinds of things with them, that if you're not naturally a joyful, spontaneous person, um, when you think about how important that is for kids, you can get into it yourself. It is really a fun. Well, thing. yeah. Talk a little about that, Linda. Talk about how, um, well, tell the story of writing the book, Teaching Children Joy, because it was really the first parenting book we ever wrote. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we had to be in our bonnet um, when we discovered that this is great. And we actually uh, gathered some parents that we we really admired and asked them what they thought. And they said, yeah, that is true. Come on, let's do this. And um, it really was such a fun process. We decided we were going to write lesson plans. So, um, well, we, no, we decided we were going to write a book about it first. So we wrote a book called Teaching Your Children Joy. And we actually um, had done also another one, Teaching Children Responsibility, but at the same time, that's for the older age group. And it was um, bought by a local company. And I can't remember, was it, who who actually took that book the first? Was it? Oh, Desiree, Desiree book? book. They were start, it? they wanted to, that's a local book publisher in Salt Lake City. And they wanted to have a national imprint. They wanted to, so they created a new, publishing imprint called Shadow Mountain. And this was the first book they did. That's right. It's called Teaching Your Children Joy. And basically, 
I mean, I'll, I'll just read you the joys. We, we don't want to be too general here. The joy of the body, the joy of the earth, the joy of honesty and communication, the joy of sharing and service, the joy of goals and order, the joy of confidence, the joy of wonder, the joy of imagination and creativity, the joy of family, the joy of uniqueness. So each of those chapters turned out there were 12, and so we we tried to put them in months. This is the joy for this month. This is the joy for this month. You can progress through them one at a time. And we were trying to create stories and games and little things that would appeal to a young preschooler where they could essentially feel that joy. And, and our whole underlying premise, if you remember, Linda, was – if you put a child in a situation where he feels that joy, the joy of the earth or the joy of honesty yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, the, the fact that he felt joy is the thing that will motivate him to do that thing again. Right. And right. The joy will become not only the method, but the objective and the reinforcer of that. Right. So actually, we went on tour with these. The, uh, these memories are coming back to me now. We went on tour with these books. With the book, with the with um, the Teaching Children Joy book. And and we went to um, do a TV show. And I'll never forget the one in San Francisco. Yeah. When we went with a new baby, and I had also been in a car accident, so I was on crutches. Yeah, you were on crutches. Oh, my God. So you were carrying the baby, and somebody in the audience held the baby while we had this this conversation this about show was called good morning san francisco yeah that's part right. of this book that's tour right. we were on and then the next morning this woman who happened to be in the hotel no not in the hotel in but hotel, in san francisco, in san francisco. Um, she said i saw she this called show. us on in our hotel room we got this call from a, a woman we'd never had no idea who she was and but but boy did we find out she said i am the president of Random House. I'm here from New York for a convention, and I saw you on Good Morning San Francisco yesterday, and we want to buy your book. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, well, we don't own it. You'll have to call Deseret Book. And so she did. And Random House bought that book. And, and thinking back on it, Linda, they were smart enough to see that we were on the front end of a trend, and it was the social-emotional learning trend. That was a lot of years ago, and I don't, I don't even know if they realized that, but they thought of it as, this they, is important. They thought, this, this is, is an alternative way yeah. to, to think of preschool education, and we want the book. Right. And so they they put out a, a Random House edition, um, and that changed everything. I mean... Instead of a small publisher, uh, we had a big publisher, and we were being promoted all around the world on this idea of teaching your children joy. Now, in the back of our minds, we had the idea that it ought to be a school. It ought to not just be a book, right? Right. Well, and parents were saying, we need more than is just in this book. I mean, yeah, we gave yeah. ideas in every chapter and so on. They said, we want our kids to do this, and we want them to do it together with other kids. What can you do? What can we do? Right. And so, boy, when you think about it, this is interesting for us because so many things, this was meant to be because so many things happened that yeah, felt absolutely. like they felt like 
they felt like circumstances or coincidences, but they all fit together. And and the biggest one was that we, at that very crucial moment, when we just had that book published, we were called to, called is our word, we were asked by our church to volunteer for three years to go to London and to be leaders or to be the president of a mission and to supervise several hundred young people who were doing humanitarian and proselyting work and so on. And we did it. We we gladly did it. We felt it was an honor to do. But we were just on the verge of this joy, this book. And so that's where my mother comes in, right, Linda? We right. turned it over to her and we said, look, this is a book. The book's doing well. But it's just a book, and it has these chapters on these different kinds of joy that preschoolers can learn. And she she wanted to take each chapter and turn it into an actual preschool curriculum. Yeah, and but, she did it. Well, first, we had to have a workshop. We had to have some place for her right. to teach these. So we bought a little house. They had some beautiful lighting. I made little curtains for them, <laughs> and I drew big hippopotamuses <laughs> on the wall. And, and we had so much fun with that that house I in Logan, it by Utah. Going up in a hot air balloon. Yes, in a clown outfit. <laughs> and so we decided, you know, this this is going to work. And so we created this little school. We left um, your darling mother with it, and she was so, she's so capable. She may be smarter than you, which is saying. Oh that. my gosh, way smarter. Oh she could. She and where she couldn't do it herself, she found people to create, help her create songs and, and music. Well, people and just came out of the, the woodwork. Whole curriculum it was so fun. It was such an amazing experience. So to sit to make a long this long story. We're short, really condensing this, right? Right. Um, we now have something called Joy School, and well, that's where in the heck it came from. That's where in the heck it came from. <laughs> But but here's the other really interesting chapter in that. When we came home from England three years later, and this little this little experimental school, it was not that little by then. She had four classes of twenty each. So there were eighty kids learning joys, you know, learning these joys. But we felt strongly and always had that the real where the rubber would really meet the road is if mothers and fathers in some cases were the teachers rather than professional preschool teachers. And where instead of a commercial venture, it was a co-op venture where four or five moms would get together, form a joy school. They would rotate as the teacher two or three mornings a week. They'd have joy school with four or five little kids, one mom being the teacher one week, another mom the next week, following this curriculum that had been developed. So a mom, even though she'd never been a teacher before, could say, well, I can, I mean, I five minutes, I do this I song, this. 10 minutes, I tell this story, I use then this I do this party. art activity, and it's this. all yeah. laid out for me. But this is before computers. So we were sending out, <laughs> we were sending out boxes to every joy school with the manual, the ideas written out, the tapes on the Cassette tapes, can you believe it? I mean, do we still have any of those cassette tapes? Oh, yeah, we have a few of them, but do we have a cassette tape <laughs> no, player? No. 
and does nor does anyone. So it has now evolved to uh, a lot oh, of wonderful so ideas, amalgamated. It's all online. It's uh, the music we can just send out. Um, it was so easily. You can have it on your phone. You can play it in the car with the kids. We couldn't have imagined that in our wildest dreams when we started this. Well, and so, again, the timing was right. Parents were into what they now were beginning to call social-emotional learning. This curriculum was so complete and so easy. And the bottom line is it exploded. And there have now, making a long story short, been over 500,000 families that have done Joy School that have co-opted and, and taught Joy School. Well, through a lot of years. A of lot of this. years, yeah. Uh, it's been 50 years, really, since we started with Saren. She's, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's So right. um, it really has been a long time coming. But it has been so fun to see, to talk to parents who are, we're doing this and we're doing this our way. We're, there's a little graduation ceremony. There's some, uh, uh, it is hilarious to see uh, the little three and four-year-olds and up to five-year-olds saying, this is what I've learned and this is what I've done and singing the songs. And isn't it funny, Linda, as we as we travel around the world now with our speaking and so on, almost everywhere we go, and I'm we've been to some far away sort of wild places, someone will come up and say, I did joy school. I love joy school. Or even more, some someone will come up and start singing a song. Oh boy, I've got joy, or here comes Gunny Bag, or one of the various songs, yeah. because they know we'll recognize that they did Joy School, right? <laughs> with their I, children. I honestly, you may be exaggerating a bit. I don't think there's anybody in Saudi Arabia that has done. Joy Maybe School. we didn't run into anybody <laughs> in Riyadh. We we gotta we gotta work on that place, right? But wh- why do we tell you this whole story? Because I think. All of us reflect on what our children need. We're certainly reflecting now on our grandchildren. Are they getting the social-emotional learning they want? In our case, they are, because they're all doing joy school. But let us end by saying, if you're interested in this, either for yourself, for your children, or for one of your children's children, or if you just have children in your life that you wish were more exposed to these joy concepts, Take a quick look at joyschools.com. Be sure to put an S on it in the address, joyschools, with an S, dot com. And you'll come to this beautiful page. Our son runs this website now, and he does such a good job. And, and it starts off with just the idea. It says, do you want to be actively involved in your child's preschool experience? Would you like to offer your child a truly top-notch preschool experience while paying less than one-tenth of what preschool usually yeah, costs. Certainly is. Because it's a co-op. Go. You're, yeah. you're going to be the teacher. And then it says Joy School is a highly acclaimed and developmentally appropriate preschool curriculum for three and four-year-olds. And five-year-olds before they go to kindergarten. Before they go to kindergarten where moms take turns hosting and teaching Joy School in their homes. And the bottom line and what we the probably the two most frequent comments we get you mentioned one linda that parents are saying hey 
I thought I was teaching my kids, but I'm the one who's learning joy. You know, yeah, this is great. And the other one is, I think this prepared my children for kindergarten because when I send them off to public school, they knew these joys and had they had social, emotional, yeah. appropriate learning before they went to school. Well, this sounded like an advertisement, which kind of was, but yeah. we we are really, really passionate about this because it is it makes a difference in children's lives if they have this foundation. So um, with that, we're going to wrap up. We hope that you're feeling some joy today and that you are interested in teaching. And it's the start of the school children. year. That's why That's right. we're going to do, if you keep listening to ours on the road, this is our 13th season, 13th year. I'll bet you every single fall, about the end of August, we've done a little segment on yeah, Joy Schools. Exactly. So now's the time to start. So thanks for joining us. We wish you some great joy today, and we'll see you next time on Hires on the Road. Bye till then.